Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. It's sad, but living in or visiting San Francisco means that you see people struggling with mental health. A lot of the times it's people who are homeless, but mental health is such a bigger problem that extends to our friends and families. And San Francisco wants to help all of them. It doesn't matter how severe your mental illness or substance use illness is. It doesn't matter what your insurance status is. If you need help, we will provide it. San Francisco supervisors want to make the city the first in the nation to provide universal mental health care. This week, the board will officially introduce a proposal that would let voters decide in November. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. Mental health care is probably the worst of all in terms of how well we do at delivering services. April Domboski is a health correspondent for KQED. We didn't set up our healthcare system from ground zero. Like, this is how it has to work the way some other countries did. And so what happened was mental health care was just, it was fragmented. It was, it was just bifurcated from the rest of the system. It's not built into the DNA of healthcare in this country. As a result, you have a very unequal system in terms of who gets benefits and who doesn't. When I first heard that supervisors were interested in universal mental health care in San Francisco, I immediately thought of all the people who I see on the streets who could benefit from mental health care. And a lot of those people I know don't have homes. How big of a piece is homelessness to this proposal? Well, I think homelessness is a really big part of it. I mean, that's it's such a visual issue in our city and people see it everywhere. And so there's a lot of pressure on our city leaders to do something about it. Supervisor Hillary Ronan had a press conference to announce their plan. Who here is sick and tired of seeing people suffer in misery who are obviously extremely ill and are dying on our streets? And because there's such a big overlap between mental illness substance use and abuse and homelessness, it makes sense that supervisors would try to maybe tackle the mental health piece of it. But it is important to say that, you know, universal mental health care would cover everybody. And there is a big part of this that would extend to people who have insurance. It doesn't matter how severe your mental illness or substance use illness is. It doesn't matter what your insurance status is. If you need help, we will provide it. Even people who have insurance have a really hard time getting mental health coverage. One of the trends that we've seen in the Bay Area in particular is how people access mental health care. So in the Bay Area, you have a lot of wealth, people who make 
a lot of money. They have a lot of disposable income. And you have a lot of therapists who work in private practice. And so what that means is there are just fewer clinicians who are available to help oftentimes people who are really, really sick and need help the most. Part of Mental Health SF is they're going to assign people insurance navigators to help them get the appointments they need without begging for it. Obviously, we know that a lot of people who don't have homes, who um, we see on the streets, probably need some sort of mental health. But who else is demanding mental health like this? Studies that have shown um, that depression and anxiety in particular have been of increasing concern, especially among young people, teenagers. Certainly awareness has really been growing and we have diverse communities in San Francisco. So sure, mental health in the gay community, there's a lot of awareness around that. Um, Refugee and immigrant communities, there's often a background in, in those groups and the gay community, a background of trauma. There's been a lot of attention focused on childhood trauma and how that can follow you later in life. And, you know, in the reporting that I have been doing with drug use and drug abuse, there's often a very complicated history of trauma. One place that this has really been playing out is on university campuses. So the university system has had to address this problem of students having to wait a really long time, not having enough clinicians. From KQED News, I'm Brian Watt. Mental health specialists are raising concerns that UC Berkeley's latest change of insurance provider will mean fewer students will get the care they need. KQED's Chloe Veltman. Part of what's going to be fascinating to see how they actually work it out. How is this city program going to conquer the problem of the market? And I actually asked Supervisor Ronan about that. You know, how are you going to attract top clinicians. Part of Mental Health SF is we're going to pay people what we need to pay them to attract them, and we're going to have the revenue to do so. Can you tell me how the program's going to work? So there's three main pieces to this program. The first part is that the supervisors want to build a drop-in center. It's going to be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and any city resident, whether you're insured or not, can come there. The Mental Health SF Service Center will provide access to a psychologist or a psychiatric nurse, medication, and case management services on site. It will also have a mobile outreach team to bring people in that are suffering on our streets. The second piece is that they want to create uh, what they're calling an Office of Coordinated Care. So right now, there are mental health services provided by hundreds of groups all over the city that are funded by the city. Um, but what they want to do is just is coordinate it. So if you get referred to one place or to another, and it's so easy to kind of slip through the cracks. Yeah, and so yeah. they want to make sure that everybody's coordinated, that you're getting the care that you need. And then the third piece of what they want to do is just, in general, expand the services that are available for both psychiatric emergencies and also long-term treatment. So this sounds really expensive to do this kind of program. How are they going to pay for this? What's the, what's the idea behind paying for this? So 
Right now, the city of San Francisco spends about $370 million a year providing mental health and substance abuse treatment. The supervisors want to add to that about 80 or $100 million more, but they also believe that, you know, coordinating care better is going to save money in the long term. Hmm. Okay. Now, to raise that money, though, for the for the city to come up with that money, what are they proposing? Is it just going to be allocated from the budget or? The biggest thing they want to do is they want to create what they're calling an excessive CEO salary tax. So companies that pay their CEOs 100 times more than what their average employee makes <laughs> will have to pay a 0.1% tax. There's the excessive part. Okay. And it goes up from there. The higher the disparity, the more the company has to pay. We want to ask a little bit more from some of these companies and use that money to be able to build a mental health system that actually works. So if the CEO makes 200 times more than the average worker, then they'll pay 0.2 percent. And that's where they expect to raise an additional $80 million. There's also talk of an IPO tax for companies that go public, drawing some money from that tax. There's also um, Prop 63 funding, which is a statewide tax on the wealthy that helps pay for mental health services. And then a lot of people who get mental health services through the city get benefits through Medi-Cal. And so a lot of services will be covered in part by that state program. So clearly, local San Francisco politicians feel like tech companies and wealthy people should be paying more to help, you know, with other people's mental health problems. Why do you think that the politicians think that the wealthy should pay? I think some people would say that's a very San Francisco strategy for how to fund that very San Francisco idea. The main rationale behind the CEO tax, for example, was to address inequality. If a company wants to fix their inequality problem internally, they they won't have to pay any any extra tax. But for the last, uh, what, 100 years, we've been going in the opposite direction. Do you know how the city's going to measure success for this? Like, how do you even measure mental health success in a program like this? I mean, this is such an age-old question yeah. for mental health care in particular. It's such a different kind of condition. I mean, if you have a broken bone, you have an x-ray, and it will show you where it's broken, and it will show you when it's healed. And if you have depression, I don't know that the long-term goal is to, you know, quote, cure you of your condition. I think it it's I think success is measured often on an individual basis. So how do you... How do you measure that on a population basis? What makes this group proposing this plan think that with this additional money and the plan that they've laid out is going to be any better than what the government's already provided? Well, I think in terms of the delivery of services, that's going to be a very interesting question. I mean, these folks are not the first to propose coordinating care and making things more efficient. I mean, health systems across the country have been trying to do that for years. And that, I mean, ultimately, it usually comes down to, do you have enough money and resources to meet the demand? And right now, it seems to feel like there's so much demand and not enough money and resources. Something that caught April's attention was that Mayor London Breed and representatives from the city's health department were not at last week's press conference announcing the proposal. Mayor Breed recently hired someone to make recommendations for mental health reforms, but supervisors clearly don't believe that's enough. April Demboski is a health correspondent for KQED. 
I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for the Bay. Talk to you Wednesday. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.